Okay, praise the Lord everyone, this is just Brother Cruz here, host for Everyday Apostolics. Uh, it's another brand new episode, bringing forth episode number 7. So I just want to take this time and opportunity to greet all our listeners that are listening tonight. Um, and it's a wonderful opportunity to hear forth a story from another another saint. And it's a privilege and honor to you know do this podcast along those that have uh, been guests on this uh on the Everyday Apostolics podcast. So without further ado, we've got another guest with me tonight. Uh, you know, being here all the way in Western Sydney, New South Wales, the best state in Australia, those that may disagree. But without further ado, I'm here with Brother Chris Dunstan. Brother, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me on. It's great to be here. <laughs> awesome, awesome, bro. So let us get straight into it. So how I came across Brother Chris, so... Uh, I met I met you, bro. Well, I wouldn't say met you. I would see you at camp, see yeah, me on the yeah. platform <laughs> with all the uh, brothers and sisters mm. there, and also um, through social media as well. Yep. Seeing you know some when I see when when I put a status or something and I see a like from you, oh, brother Chris. <laughs> all right, awesome. So I'm thankful. I thank you once again for joining mm. tonight's podcast. So in saying that, brother, let's get straight into it. So, brother, brother Chris, which which church do you attend, bro? So I'm currently attending the Pentecostals of Sydney in awesome. Campsie, New South Wales. Awesome, awesome. And who is your pastor at the Pentecostals of Sydney? Our pastor there is Stan Harvey. Awesome. Shout out to bro, Reverend Stanley Harvey and Sister Robin Harvey, uh, doing a tremendous job, and also the leadership team as well. Yeah, they're the assistant great. pastors. They're all great. Awesome. Yeah, that's it, bro. So in saying that, Brother Chris, all right, third question. How did you come to church? How did you get to know this wonderful and glorious truth? Mm. Yeah, I didn't actually grow up in church or anything like that. Mm. I had very little ex- very little exposure to religion okay. growing up. Like My family didn't attend, attend church or anything when I was younger. Like, mm. I know a lot of people, Christmas, Easter, they go, but we didn't really do that at all. Okay. And it was basically just scripture in school, which yes. was my first exposure to any kind of religion. And even then, I was like a pretty, pretty academic-based person, so I treated it like another subject, I guess, you know, like, answer the questions when you've got to answer them. Sometimes the teacher would give out free food, that was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I still didn't really care about what I was learning that much, I didn't think it had much of an application to my life, or was that relevant to me. And I guess it wasn't until I got to high school, when I had a few friends there who were inviting me to go to their youth group, and for a while I put it off. I would make excuses like, oh yeah, my parents said I can't go or stuff like that. In reality, I hadn't actually asked my parents or anything, but you know, it was just like a lot of excuses and eventually they kept on persisting and kept on asking me and in the end I was like, okay, fine, I'll ask my parents about it. To my surprise, they were like, yeah, cool. So I went and at first, at first my main reason for going back was the people. Like it was good to connect with people around my age outside of school to... Mm-hmm. I expand on my friend group a bit, everything like that. But it still wasn't mainly for the religious side of it. And then over time, that kind of progressed a little bit when I did start caring about the Bible studies, the actual stuff, what they were teaching. But so this was all around like year, middle of year 11 to like end of year 12. But as soon as I finished high school, I just kind of drifted away a little bit, like couldn't go there any longer. So didn't care about that much more. But then I moved to Sydney at the start of 2016 okay. for my university studies. Mm. And the place that I happened to move into, it's actually a Christian-run student accommodation. And the only reason I ended up there was because I was too young to move into the other place I wanted to move into. Because for the other one, you had to be 18 at the start of the year, and I wasn't. 
So this was the next best option that was recommended to me by a friend. And you know, when I moved in there, one of the people that I met through that place happened to also attend POS, the Pentecostals of Sydney. Okay. So it's a very roundabout way of coming coming into the church for the first time. All right, cool, man. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So, of course, the uni you attended was the University of New South Wales. Yeah, that's right. Where also Youth President Reverend Greg Wilmot went to. Yeah. So, in saying that as well, so it's amazing how you shared your story. So, because I always thought to myself, oh, it must be related to someone, you know, in the church. No. But it's amazing <laughs> by you sharing this story to open my, yeah. this my, open my eyes up. So, mm. it's awesome. So, how about from then, from that time, and then coming to, you know, POS, coming yeah. to a you know, place where, you know, you thought you saw things, they were different. Mm. You know, the, the way of praise, the way of worship, yeah. the way the word was brought forth. What was, your, what was it like for you going into a you know, Pentecostal church in the first, you know, on your first, first time? Yeah. yeah, it's definitely very different. Like, I have had experience going to a couple of different churches of various denominations before that. Like okay. Living in a Christian student accommodation, you've got people from multiple different churches. Mm. And so they're all trying to, like... Okay, poach people isn't the right word, but they're trying to like get people to come along and visit their church. All right, all right. And so I'd done that a few times, but it wasn't until the first time I went into POS mm. when I was like, you know, there was something different about it that I hadn't felt in any of the other churches. Like the people are a little bit, I guess for lack of a better word, a bit more crazy all than right. other churches. That's it, which, that's it, that's all good. Yeah. That's, but, what, most, well, that's what most people, when they come yeah, in, exactly. it's, it's crazy. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah. It's like a man in the church or, you know, something yeah. else. But yeah, carry on, bro, carry on. But yeah, like, that was also good at the same time because you can, you can see the passion in the people. You can see how much they believe in and how much they care about what they're doing, what's being preached, the mm. songs that they're singing. And, I mean, oh, at the time, the first time, I didn't really know what it was. I was just like, you know, there's something different about this church that mm. I haven't seen before. After, like, however long it's been now, like, I can tell, like, that was the Spirit of God moving. That's the anointing in that place. But, you know, at the time, it was like, it drew me back. It was like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I should come back again. Like, people didn't have to ask me to come back. I, I went out of my way to, like, tell my friend who invited me there originally, like, yeah, I want to come back again next weekend. All right. Cool, man. Yeah. So, you just came, you just came, you just came. Yeah. And then, um, what made you, by coming... By coming every week, what made you, you know, hearing the word and hearing the scene, mm. what made you to take a further, you know, further step, like to go even more into it? Yeah. What, how about that sort of, you know, that sort of upper level, you go into that next level, you know, but yeah. just first your attendance mm. and then by hearing the word, yeah. what made you go into another step of, you know, leading to baptism and so on and so forth? Yeah, of course. Um, I think a big part is the people. Mm. Like from, from that first time that I attended the the service like I had people coming up to me talking to me and you know that's something you don't really see a whole lot yep nowadays it's like people are very to themselves they yes, like yes. only care about what they're doing what their priorities are mm. but you know, I had like countless people coming up to me saying hi like introducing themselves and I was like whoa this is a lot and that's a big thing that drew me back as well and even that first weekend actually maybe it was the first weekend or like one of the ones soon after that I had I had a couple of people come up to me and ask me if I wanted to do any Bible studies. And I was like, yeah, why not? Okay. I was like, I may as well go into it. Like, as I said before, I could tell there was something different about the church. Yep. And because of that, I was like, I may as well see what it's all about, see what else there is. And as part of that, obviously, they cover the baptism in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost infilling. And mm. at the start, it seems kind of like, oh, yeah, that's cool, but don't know how it applies to me. Mm. And 
it wasn't actually until uprising conference of that year so it was around july 2016 i think yep when you know that weekend i saw some things that i couldn't explain outside of at that uh, uprising conference that was reverend david mcgovern um i think that was reverend michael enzi sorry yes yeah. my think, apologies um david mcgovern i think he was the year before that possibly. okay it's 2015 yes i yeah. think so yeah true true yeah carry on bro yeah, carry on. yeah. and so yeah you know i like, I'm a very analytical person. I oh, try, good, man. I try and think through everything. Yeah, yeah awesome, bro. Up until, up until that conference, you know, I could explain everything that I was seeing and experiencing. But mm. it wasn't until then when it reached a point where I was like, you know, this is... I can't logic my way out of this. I can't explain it without there being the existence of a God. Mm. And on the Sunday morning of that, of that conference, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Amen, man. And... Now, after that, people were telling me like, oh yeah, you need to get baptized. And I did know about it from the Bible studies, but at the same time, my thought process was, you know, I don't want to rush into something that I'm going to regret later mm. on. And so I was like, let me think about it and get back to you. Okay. And then, so I was thinking about it for that whole Sunday because there was still the night service at that time. So I did have a bit of time when I could you know, relax, think about it, process everything that had happened. And then that night... Again, during the altar call, I just felt so impressed on me to be baptized. And so I was like, yeah, why not? Like, if I'm feeling like I should do it now, I may as well do it. So I reached out to my friend and I was like, I want to be baptized tonight. And we did it. Amen, bro. <laughs> so Amen. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's because it's amazing. That all comes down to when the people meet you. You know, you were saying, yeah, of course. you know, those random people just coming up and saying hello. Yeah. And it sort of comes to my thought, you know, there's this saying, you know, that a foolish person will build walls, mm. but a wise person will build bridges. Yeah. And in saying by those bridges that are built around you, it showed that, you know, people come and say hello to you. Yeah. And it brought forth that warmth and love into mm -hmm. the atmosphere, yeah, you know, of that course. sort of feeling that's, hey, man, this is a place where, you know, there's love and compassion here in the yeah. area and, you know, where God's love and where God's people unite as one. And then, mm -hmm. you know, something awesome and incredible happens. Awesome to you, Brother Chris. Yeah. So in saying that as, uh, saying that as, uh, as that as well, brother, um, what is your favorite thing about church? You know, of course, within a church like Campsie, as I um, explained to Brother Wiki, you know, you've mm -hmm. got Turning Point, um, Turning Point you've got Uprising, um, you've got other events that involve, you know, pro teams from the U.S. that are mm. coming or the AYC or, you know, the occasional evangelist that is coming to, you know, to minister at the POS church. Yeah. But how about you from, you know, the view of Brother Chris, mm. what do you enjoy? What What is your favorite thing about attending church? I mean, it's hard, it's hard to choose one specific thing. Um, yeah. I think one of the big ones, again, has to be the people. Okay. Like the, the rest of the congregation that... You know, they encourage you, they edify you, they motivate you to go deeper, they hold you accountable with the things of God. And, I mean, going back to that uprising conference again, like, originally I was just going to go to one of the services, not all four of them, but it was because of the people that were saying, like, oh, yeah, you should come to all of them, like, these conferences are great, and mm. not having experienced one before, I was like, okay, yeah, why not? And so the people has to be one of my favorite things about church, and then... The second thing I guess I can think of would just be, you know, the anointing of God and the spirit of God that moves in that place. Mm. It's, it's something you don't experience anywhere else. And something that really sets a, sets apart this church from many other churches. It allows you to feel something different. You feel God moving in that place. And it's, again, something you can't explain. Something <laughs> that like, like by human nature, like... 
yeah. You, you can't explain any of that. But when mm. once you get into that presence of God, it's it's undeniable, and it's like it's a feeling like no other. It's great. It's amazing how you say the term. You can't explain it. Yeah. It goes back to when um, you know Reverend Woodward. Yeah, I remember back in twenty eleven. So this is probably before he came. He yeah. showed a graph. Um, from a scientific point of view, mm. from a logical point of view of the brain waves. Yeah. So there's two pictures. There's one I think before receiving the Holy Ghost, and there's one that's uh, after. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it showed that it was there was change from you know the after picture of the brain waves when you know yeah. a person is filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was it was pretty amazing when you see it from a scientific point of view. Mm. But you know, just as you said, it's hard to explain. Yeah. You know, even when you receive, you know, when you've been filled and when you've been baptized. Uh, just as you said, you know, something that it's hard to write down on paper. Mm. You probably can write a thousand word essay. Forget about the in-text citation and the yeah. reference <laughs> list. We just write it all day long, yeah, you know. Course, it's yeah. like, you know, writing all long, long, long. It was like, um, mm. if I was to share another point, I remember one of the ministers shared how, this was back in the States, of how lady, uh, someone received the Holy Ghost and mm. she was just going on and on and on. Yeah. And then when the, the paramedics came, yeah. Uh, they because I think the family they didn't go, but I think the family thought, oh, he's having a fit. Mm. There's something wrong with him. Yeah. But when the paramedics came, one of the paramedics attended the church. Yeah. I knew, oh wait, no, he's not a fit. He's speaking, he's speaking in tongues. Yeah. The Holy Ghost. So it's amazing how you bring that, brother. So in saying that as well, bro, like you know, seeing you singing up on the stage, mm. um, also being involved in AYM as well. Yeah. How about for you, you know, in uh, you know, AYM. You know, you come, you know, from, you know, being mm. attending Uprising Conference yep. and now, you know, now you're used in the ministry. Yeah. How about for a young person when it comes to, you know, traveling outside of church? Mm. You know, do you enjoy that as well, knowing that, hey, Camps is not the only church that is situated in Sydney, but that there are other churches around Australia yeah. and the Pacific region as well. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong again, you went to Sri Lanka? I didn't, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. I wish, I wish I could have. <laughs> But yeah. you know, I had to. I had exams at the time oh, okay. because my university decided to change to trimesters oh. the same year. Oh. And if it wasn't for that, I would have been able to go. But yeah, yeah unfortunately, I couldn't. But you've been on AYM. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Okay. I've done, that's I've done, awesome. Yeah. Three AYM trips so far. So what was it like? So those AYM trips. Yeah. Uh, what was it like for you knowing? Hey, man. There's there's other churches outside outside of Sydney as well. What did mm. it feel like for you that? You're going out. You're going out of your comfort zone. Mm. But was in a way going out of your comfort zone, knowing, hey, I'm going another level of my walk with God. Yeah. From being, my, you know, my first attending my service in POS. Now you're attending other churches, but mm. you've been used in ministry. Yeah. If you could further, further evaluate that in, in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's a bit of a shock at first, like coming from POS, like it's one of the biggest churches in Australia, and. Mm. I guess originally I just assumed most of the churches were that size as well. Okay. So at first it was a bit of a shock, you know, going to churches that are quite a bit smaller. But mm. at the same time, it's it's good to get out of your comfort zone. It's good to mix mix things up a bit. Mm. And I mean, in all of that, like my three AYM trips that I've done now, like God uses me in different ways that like before I was in the church, I would never do it. I hated public speaking. <laughs> Back in school, I... If, unless I had to do it, I wouldn't do it. I would avoid getting in front of people at all possible costs. But yep. seeing like from four and a half years ago until now, seeing how God has used me in those different areas, it's taken me out of my comfort zone. But at the same time, I could, I'm going to say it again, but I can't explain it. It's no, like, it's not, I, can't, I can't do it in my own ability, but mm. it's only through God that I'm able to do those things. It's only through God that he's used me in that which... 
by myself, I would never do it. But through God, it's possible. Amen. It's like this, the scripture says, it's no longer I that live with, but Christ, mm. Christ that liveth in me. Yeah, amen. So it's amazing. But, you know, as you say, you didn't like uh, public speaking. So let's go back to your first AYM tree. Yeah. Okay. Let's go a bit of the time travel here. Yeah. When you were asked to either share or testify, what was it like for you standing in the pulpit, but you're not in your comfortable surroundings or POS, but you're in the AYM venue mm. in front of people that you don't even know? What was it yeah. like for you? Said, oh, you know, wow, it's, it's something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I was very fortunate in the fact that my first AYM trip, it was to a church where I'd already connected with some of the youth at the um, national conference. Connected that people. Year. Exactly. And so because of that, I wasn't, it's not like I was in front of complete strangers. All right. But this was all just over a year after I'd begun coming to the church. Mm. And so, you know, getting up there for the first time was intimidating. Okay. It's, it was terrifying, honestly. Yep. But I remember the youth camp that year I'd prayed Anyway, God, I want to be used by you. Amen. So, can you open up doors for me to, you know, to be used in different areas, whatever you want me to do? And it happened 24 hours after I prayed that, I got asked to speak at our um, youth in a five to five, five for five type format. Mm. And because of that, I was like, maybe there's something going on here that's a bit bigger. And from there, you know, I hadn't had much exposure speaking in front of people before. So, even going on that first AYM trip, but... I just had to trust in God that whatever I felt like I should share, it was from him and not trusting in my own flesh. And, you know, I, I didn't get comfortable up there, but, you know, God took away those nerves a little bit. Like I felt peace when I was going up there to speak. And while it was taking me out of my comfort zone at the same time, you know, I could, it was for something bigger. It's not just for myself. It's not just to get up in front of people so people can see me and know my name and mm. be like, oh, Chris... Chris is like so intelligent. Look how he put together these thoughts. But it was because, and if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have been up there. Mm, and amen. so it was just trusting in that, trusting right. that he was directing me to where he needed me to be. Awesome, brother. Awesome. It's amazing. It's, and it's amazing. How you, it's good how you share this because there can be young people right now mm. uh, that are listening, you know, you know, thinking, oh, am I the only one that always gets nervous or, mm. you know, my first AOM trip? But it's amazing how you've shared that. It'll put some limelight and also add a, you know, add a coding of encouragement mm. to those that are listening, you know, especially yeah, young, definitely. young preachers or young, you know, people that want to be used in the ministry. Mm. Uh, also in saying that, brother, um, in saying, you know, these things are bad. How these are your favorite things in church, especially AYM, you yeah. know, ministry, singing, so on and so forth. Uh, what What is your favorite scripture? So there are scripture or yeah. scriptures that you yeah. apply in your life on a daily basis. And why is it your favorite scripture? Mm. I think, I mean, it's hard to choose just one, but I think some of my favorites. No, be, oh, if you've got many, bro, yeah. you, go ahead, man. I think one that stands out for me is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. And it's Paul writing to the Corinthian church here when yeah. he says, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Mm. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And these really stand out to me. And yep. I'm reminded of them every day that, no, it's not in my own ability that I'm here, but it's only by the grace of God. Like in my own flesh, I'm not worthy of any of this. I don't deserve to be used by God to be speaking in front of people to have had the doors open for me that I have. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the race of God, I wouldn't be here today. I don't know where I would be after coming from a life outside of the church into where I am now. Like I think about it sometimes and I could be anywhere else. 
who knows where I'll be at this mm. point. Who knows how far gone I might be. Mm. But without the grace and the mercy of God, I wouldn't be here. Amen. And it's like maybe I, I didn't persecute Christians like Paul did, but it's, it's the same coming from that life of sin into, into the house of God. It's a complete transformation. And I make sure to always remember that it's only by the grace of God that goes with me. Amen. Amen, bro. Amen. You have any more scriptures out or is that the main one? That's, that's the main one. <laughs> <laughs> amen, brother Chris. Amen, brother. All right, and saying that as well, as we continue on, yeah. um, you shared your testimony, you know, you shared, you know, how far you've come and where you are now. Mm. Um, but I've got your personal testimony, which you shared uh, very well. But how about during your walk with God? Was there times and moments where you, you know, you wanted to throw in the towel? Or were there times mm. and moments in your life, especially, in your, you know, being a young person, where there were, you know, trials and tribulations, mm. which really tested you and tested your faith and your trust in God? Definitely, I think. In some of my first months mm. coming to church, you know, there was a few times when the people that I used to surround myself with, they noticed that I was changing okay. the way that I lived, like mm. coming to church more often, like not only or just the Sunday services, but also, also beginning to go to youth on a Friday All right. and, you know, just investing my time into these things. They kind of approached me a little bit and they were like, so we're not good enough for you anymore. Mm. And that was a, a big turning point I guess because I had to make up my mind and be like okay which way am I going to go I think I was very fortunate in the fact that I had when I was new people teaching me you know like you can't do both you can't be both inside and outside but you have to choose one or the other Mm. and so when this situation came up I had to it was tough but I had to you know make the decision to kind of distance myself from those people a little bit that weren't drawing me towards the things of God and now, one of my biggest fears before that, funnily enough, was like losing people close to me. And this was bringing up an exact situation where I had to face that kind of fear mm. head on. It was like, do I lose all of these people or do I try and do both and see what happens? Okay. And eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to have to yeah, distance myself from these people outside of the church a little bit. Obviously, I didn't cut them completely off, but I stopped doing some of the things that I was doing before. Some mm. of the places that I would go to, some of the things that I would say, um, it wasn't easy and it made me question like, is this really worth it? But when I look at the grand scheme of things, it's like everything on this earth is only temporary. It's only satisfaction for a season, but eternity is on the line with it. Mm. And that helps me to put things into perspective whenever I come up against a situation that tests my faith, makes me question, is God even real? Is is everything that I've experienced legitimate or is it just, no, I'm just doing it because people tell me to or explaining it because people say it in a certain way. It, you know, it's, it's important to keep all of that in perspective whenever you come into any situation. Awesome, bro. Wow. Yeah. That's something else. It's awesome. I explained. Good. It's awesome, brother. So in saying that as well, what would be a word of encouragement? What you've just shared to those that may be in the same line of view. They may be going in the same situation. What will be your word of encouragement to those that are listening or those that may listen mm. in the future? How you shared, you know, that you had friends, but then you realize you had to draw the line. Yeah. And it's a power of drawing the line because it shows when you draw the line, it's like you mean, you know, it's mm. like this is the real deal. This is me. This is business here. Yeah. So what will be your word of encouragement to those that are going through the situation that you're going through beforehand? Mm. I think there's a quote that comes to mind mm. that kind of replies to this. 
And it says the first voice that you hear is the voice of God. The second one is the devil. And the third one is your flesh. Hmm. And, you know, with that situation that I was going through, I felt the first thing I felt was I have to distance myself from these people. The second one was, no, you don't. It's fine. Like you can just keep doing what you're doing. And then the third one was like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose these people. Hmm. And I think that's kind of all three that God, the devil and the flesh. And I think in terms of something like that, you know, every situation that we go through, there's something that we can learn from it. Yes. There's something that God is trying to reveal to us. And sometimes it'll come like that. It'll come really quickly. Other times God stays a bit more silent and lets you kind of figure it out for it, for yourself, lets things play out a bit more and see where it goes. But in the midst of all of that, you know, God won't put us anything, put us through anything that's going to destroy us. Mm. He doesn't want us to fall away from him. He doesn't want us to, you know, go back into the life that we once used to live. And so in the midst of any difficult situation, you know, find what God is trying to teach you, try and find his will through the midst of that and what, what, what he wants to do in your life. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Awesome, man. Wonderful, wonderful. So in saying that, bro, look, I got a, I got a bit of a... I got a bit of a uh, scenario here. Okay. So we're in your house, so in nice house here. Um, I got a scenario called uh, "Guess Who's Coming to Chris's House." Okay. <laughs> so since it's a small, small place, I got I want to say around probably five people. Yeah. So five. I'm going to say this to you, Chris. Which five biblical characters, oh. whether it be Old Testament or New Testament, would you invite into your house to have a to have a bit of a fellowship uh, or have a feed or a dinner? Which five would you choose? Oh. And I'm gonna I'm try and do this as well. Yeah. Why would you choose these five? Well, okay, <laughs> that makes it that makes it challenging. Okay. Um, first one that comes to mind would be Gideon. Okay. I, lo- I love the story of Gideon. Yep. Um, I think why I would want him would be because you know, trying to understand how you can have faith that you start with an army of thirty thousand people. Or I something think so. Like that. And then yep, you're right. And then yep. went down all the way to three hundred. Yeah. And it's a, sorry to bump in. It's yep. amazing when you you know when I think of. You know the you know that um the Spartans mm. how they're only three hundred but yep. like there's a biblical version to this yeah. of Gideon so yeah cool carry on bro so Gideon yeah. and his and his three hundred yeah it's like pray if I was sorry to interrupt mm. again no, it was like saying um bro Gideon how did you do it yeah, you know exactly so like, bro you had you had the um you know the largest army you pray you know the, mm. and then God tells you oh, yeah cut it down cut it down cut yeah. it down and that's amazing how you bring forth but what else would you ask him yeah um I'd ask him like. Wouldn't you have questions, you know, like 30,000 people going down to 300 against a whole army? Like, how is that going to work? Mm. Logistically, it doesn't make, you know, any kind of sense. Yeah, true, so true. How, do you, how do you trust God enough to listen to that kind of instruction? Like, if you've got to send away that many people, you know, how do you do that? How mm. do you not let your own flesh get in the way of what God's trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. All right. One down, four to go. Oh, now, okay. Second one, Job. Ah, Job. I, I feel like that's probably a bit of an obvious choice, but yep. you know, in the midst of losing everything, like your family, everything you owned, everything that was important to you, yet you still would never curse God. Mm. It's like, how do you do that when you're losing everything, but still believing that God is enough? Yeah, true. Bro. And isn't it amazing the world like would ask him, oh, you know, going through these things, mm. was there time? Because, you know, it's in the world of how, what he went through, but also, mm. you know, 
Probably said, oh, was there a time where you thought, oh, nah, man. Probably my wife is, well, my wife is right. Just curse mm. God and die. Yeah. But then I said, nice. but Job, as he said, oh, thou art a foolish woman. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's amazing, Job, because after that, he got more than what he had at the beginning. Exactly. So, you know, he, he, he held on. He probably yeah. said, bro, Chris, you got to hold on. You yeah. just got to hold on, bro. If you get boils, just hold on. Yeah. If you get sickness, just hold on. <laughs> Alright, cool bro So, um, that's two Alright, three more to go Okay, a third one Another obvious choice Joseph Ah, man, you're the third one You're the third one So it's Brother Wiki Now, Brother Caleb Last week Now you're the third one Joseph, yes What would you say to Joseph If he came? And why, why Joseph? Um, the reason why Joseph he didn't know what was going on he didn't know what God was trying to do like every every situation he was in seemed hopeless but he still never let himself get too comfortable with where he was he still he still trusted in the dreams that he had and a lot I mean for him he probably wouldn't have seen why he was going through what he was going through and I guess you know if God had showed it to him originally maybe he would have been like no I don't want to have any of that Mm. but even like the silence in the middle of the trial like Mm. how you get through that True, bro. So, um, there was a saying regarding that, you know, it's, um, when we go through, you know, when we do a test or an exam, the teacher is always quiet. Mm. But it's amazing. How do you get the teacher's response by lifting up your hands? Mm, yeah. So, um, but also on top of that with Joseph, you know, you know, being betrayed not by his enemies, yeah. his brothers, yeah, true, his own flesh true. and blood yeah. through him. But it's amazing that Joseph at the beginning said, oh, all of you are going to bow down to me. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. like, can you imagine for yourself, if you had 12 brothers that are older than you, you said yeah. that, bro, it's like, Chris, you better start, you, you better have one eye open when you go, you mm. know, and bend that. Yeah. But through that as well, what Joseph did, you know, that he became the second most powerful man in Egypt. Yeah. And he had the chance to kill his brothers. Mm. But it was like compassion, the power of forgiveness. Yeah. It's like, it's me, Joseph, the one that you threw away. Yeah. As I paraphrase. Mm. That's awesome, bro. All right, yeah. two more. Oh. <clears throat> this is where it gets hard. That's the... That's <laughs> all good. You know, three, three that come to mind quickly. Yep. Um, two more to go. All right. One more. I guess... Oh. Let's go with Judas. Ooh. For this one. Wow. It's something. Now, this one I haven't received. Judas. Yeah. I just I don't know why that came to mind, but I think it would be interesting to ask him. You know, he saw Jesus's ministry on this earth. He spent mm. time with him, yet he still basically sold off Jesus mm. for money. Um, I kind of want to understand, pick his brain on you know, how after seeing that in person, yeah, would it come to that? Like, how did he get influenced the way that he did? Mm. Wow, that's something, bro. <laughs> Jesus, bro, can you imagine the awkwardness when he comes in? Yeah, bro, it's Judas, man. Hide the pieces of silver, you know. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. now that's something that wow. <laughs> now that's that's all very honest, man. Judas, man, never thought of that. <laughs> all right, bro. So the last one. So you got Judas. Who would be number five? Let's go with another obvious choice. We'll go with Paul. There we go. All right. Yep. From Saul the persecutor to Paul, one of the greatest evangelists ever. Yeah, exactly. How about um why Paul? Um. I just want to, you know, hear from, I guess, hear a bit more about, like, you know, how his experience with his conversion was, mm. you know, seeing, like, going blind, not knowing what's going on, hearing the voice of God after coming from persecuting Christians, killing them, mm. um, you know, how, how did that, like, shake his mindset up? How did he react to that? And I guess also, you know, the fact that he went on, what, three missionary journeys around, 
the region at the time and many times he was on the the brink of death um yet still went through with it I mean, didn't it get to the point where he was like people were telling him not to go and then he was like I feel like I should so I'm going to go anyway mm. even though he was probably going to well there's a very big chance he was going to die there so again that's another level of faith that would be great to hear about and learn about bro that's awesome man so you got those five people yeah. coming to Chris's house yeah. brother I really enjoyed this podcast with you man so mm. once again thank you for allowing me to come into your house to do this podcast all the way in Blacktown, yeah. in Western Sydney. To those that um, that don't reside in Sydney, Australia, outside of Australia, there is a town called there is a suburb called Blacktown. <laughs> so please, it's not um, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, there's history behind it. So, <laughs> so in saying that, brother, so in saying that, brother Chris, thank you once again. Thank you for sharing your testimony. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing some word of encouragement. Uh, to those who will be listening, especially to young people, especially when they enter into the field of ministry or going on AYM trips. And um, also on top of that, bro, that's, um, it's awesome to see, to see how far you've come. You know, every time I come, I'm, I see you singing with, you know, Jade and uh, Sister Stephanie Hackathon and, um, you know, all the other singers yeah. there, you know, singing and praising the Lord. Um, it's awesome to see that, brother. And, um, and it's awesome to share your story, uh, you know, to see how far you've come. It's, it's wonderful, yeah, brother. So saying that to those that are listening, I do hope that you've found encouragement and, you know, been, you know, once again, you know, you've been, um, you've been encouraged by the, you know, by today, uh, this, this evening's podcast. Mm. So to those that are listening and to those that are hearing this, uh, once again, you know, uh, we thank you, Chris. You know, this is all for the glory of the Lord because Amen. it's it's our story for God's glory. So to share, you know, the power and the, you know the power of Christ and you know being in the atmosphere of love, mm. being you know with meeting friends, yeah. and mm. that's why I, I see that ushers and um, female um, usherettes or ushers. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Host, hostess. hostess. They call them, I think. That's, yeah. a hostess. That's why they hold a very yeah. important job when, you know, shaking, you know, shaking the person's hand and yeah. greeting them with a smile mm. because there's a power behind the smile. Mm. Um, so in saying that, to those that are listening, thank you. Have a safe night. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, please uh, subscribe or like or um, like when, you know, the podcasting. But uh, once again, thank you. So to those listening, have a safe night. Take care. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season, and he deserves all glory, honor, and praise. So this is Brother Cruz, host of Everyday Apostolics, signing out. See you then. Take care. God bless.